Welcome to Album Divers. This is a podcast created by two music lovers who still remember listening to albums from start to finish the way the artists intended. We give history, track-by-track analysis, and delve into the music lyrics of some of the best albums of the past and today. Thanks for joining us. Let's dive in. Album Divers. I'm Shane. And I'm Trevor. On this podcast, we take turns choosing albums to discuss and review. We alternate between one album released this calendar year and one that's been around a while. All right, Shane, and it was your pick to start off a 2021 album. What do we got for us today? Today we're going to be discussing an album by the band Heather, released on January 15th of this year. This album is titled Sticky Thumb. This was a fun album to start listening to for 2021. I'm curious, Shane, how did you discover this one? There's not a lot of info on this artist yet out there. Yeah, I really enjoyed it too. It was a a good listen. I was going through Spotify's section on new releases and was initially drawn to the artwork on the album cover. Yeah. Really grabbed my attention, all the colors. It was pretty wild, trippy. And I thought this might be a fun one to check out. And Fortunately, the the first track uh, really drew me in. The second, I think, maybe even a little bit better. So I was pretty sold from the beginning. I think one of the descriptors of it is being a lo-fi album. It was fun to listen, almost like you were listening into his bedroom or something as he's creating these. felt real real. Yeah, yeah, I, I felt that way too. There were a lot of dynamics in the sound, a lot of big changes in pace uh, within certain songs and from one to the next. It covered a pretty good variety from start to finish. Even though it's a relatively short uh, album, it's only eight tracks, a little under 30 minutes. In fact, Paul Castelluzzo, the singer that goes by the, the stage name Heather, had said that he would refer to this as a demo EP. He had one other album, another EP that came out in 2019 that had... I believe six tracks on it, one of which made this eight-track album. Yeah, I was going to say one of them I think is on this too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So this is his biggest body of work that he's thrown out in an album uh, to date, if you want to call it his first studio album. Nonetheless, it it feels like his debut, whether you look at it as an EP or or his first full-length album. Yeah, when you're listening to it, it does go by quick. And so I guess in that sense, it feels short i suppose but on the other hand it does feel like there's a complete thought to it having it being that short meant that it was easy to do that quite often i think i've mentioned a lot of times on this podcast that a lot of my listening takes place on my bart ride and this is i found about exactly my bart ride so it was easy for me to just go all right i'm gonna get on push play and then i'm getting off basically when the album is ending yeah it, it is a quick listen but gosh i've been through it 
six or seven times now. Yeah, same. Um, not just for the purpose of this podcast, but because I enjoy it. It's it's a fun listen. Like you said, it is complete from start to finish. It feels like there's unifying themes and order or organization to the songs from first track to the end. It's got kind of a a young love growing up feel to it as well in the lyrics. I would definitely agree that the word that comes to mind for me is nostalgia when I'm listening to this album. Yeah, f- yeah, yeah, yeah. Not necessarily yeah. about a time period, but just just the feeling, the universal nostalgia of being being young. Funny you mention that. We'll uh, we'll get we'll get into some quotes I've stumbled upon from Paul, and that's one of the words that that he used that was inspirational to him or or a driving force in creating this music is that he wanted to tap back into his youth life was easy things were free and he was on the beach surfing letting that shine in the music well because there's not a lot out there on him i know you did some reading and compiled a little bit of history but do you have some information about paul and about this project before we get into the track by track yeah he was he was raised near san diego Uh, i believe he's 25 Grew up on the beach. He mentioned that he really enjoyed surfing. In fact, in one interview, somebody had asked, where do you want this music project to take you? And he kind of sarcastically said, I hope it takes me to the beach. <laughs> you know, so hmm. um, that gives you an idea what he was trying to go for in terms of the, the mood or atmosphere, the feelings that he wanted uh, people to, to have when listening to the music, just kind of that laid back vibe. Um, he finished high school at the age of 17 when he got his GED and around that same time his parents moved to Italy and he didn't want to go with them so he decided to move in with his girlfriend and I I don't have much more to that story but as I mentioned earlier a lot of the songs feel like they have to do with relationship maybe some heartbreak uh, some type of of breakup or turmoil and and uh, the aftermath of dealing with that so shortly after high school he was planning on attending music school in New York, but he got a tweet from a, I don't know if it was a friend or just somebody who knew him uh, through the music scene, Rodney Jerkins, a music producer and hip hop artist who asked him if he wanted to be on his team as a studio, studio guitarist. So Paul gave up on his dream to go to music school in New York and decided to pursue that endeavor and he moved to LA did odds and ends jobs like playing in the Pentecostal church um, I believe I read an interview it was a, a Russian church that he was he was playing music for making a little bit of money he was driving Lyft and some other side gigs here and there and then about a year later he was approached by somebody wanting him to to play on a on a Latin record he said in an interview they wouldn't tell me who it was for, but they flew him out to New York. And as I arrived to the airport, a man was standing there holding a plaque with my name on it and escorted me into his luxury SUV. We drove an hour to upstate New York and I woke up in this mansion with Ferraris and other crazy cars. I was so confused. So as it turns out, he was recording for Romeo Santos, uh, a really famous Latin musician. And after the album came out, Romeo asked him if he wanted to tour with him, and so then he ended up going on tour with this this Latin band. Uh, around the same time, uh, I read that his sister had suddenly passed away, unfortunately. This was at the end of uh, 2017, 
And he, he said in this same interview, it shook the ground beneath my family and I, and as reluctant as I was to leave my family at that time, I, I felt that touring was an escape from the reality back home. And after the tour was over and I landed back into my LA apartment, uh, I felt this sudden urge to write my own music. And it was then around January 2018 that he wrote his uh, first song under the band name Heather. And I'm not positive, but I believe that first song that he wrote may have been one of the tracks from this album titled When You Loved Me. So a pretty interesting story, a guy who initially had wanted to go to music school in New York, study music theater and performance, ended up going to LA and then asked to be in a, a Latin jazz band. And then because of some, some life events and circumstances, got the urge to start his solo project and ha has now gone down a a completely different path or genre of music from what got him up to this point. Yeah, I think I read that that call came in like one week before he was planning on being in New York for school. I can't help but think, what if that call occurred one week later, if things would have been different for him? It's really interesting. Yeah, I wonder if he thought, hey, you know, I can always go to music school out in New York. Maybe I should jump on this opportunity that, you know, uh, the guy who reached out to him was a pretty big producer and maybe he figured this this was a good opportunity, good chance to get my foot in the door and, and shouldn't pass up on it. But I'm sure that was a tough decision to have your future planned out or the next four years of going to school and then pursuing that side of music uh, and then taking a different turn. Yeah. Something else I found interesting about Paul Castelluzzo is that he didn't sing until he wrote his first song as Heather in 2018, which, as I mentioned, was shortly after the sudden passing of his sister. I, I read in another interview where uh, Paul said, after she passed, uh, referring to his sister, I couldn't go outside or look at the sky because I, I felt overwhelmingly insignificant. I never sang before, but the night I wrote my first song as Heather, the words came pouring out. I gravitated toward the sun-bleached sounds of my childhood. The creative process was for my escape, but the making of the music was for my sister. Mm. So I thought that was pretty cool that out of a, a tragic event came the inspiration to create this music and reconnect with his childhood, which I assume had fond memories of, of he and his sister. That's what I was referring to earlier with the, the nostalgia that he wanted to create music that was happy uh light lighthearted or positive during a time in his life that uh was a little dark and troubling in light of the the, the circumstances um, surrounding that event yeah i could see that he cites some of his musical influences as the beach boys velvet underground the beatles and t-rex so a lot of 60s music inspired him and i don't know about you trevor but i I picked up on that in a couple of the songs for sure. Yeah, I remember before you mentioned what your pick was going to be, because we always kind of like to surprise each other when we're it's our turn to pick an album. 
And you said, I'm not going to tell you who it is, but his influences are, and you listed off those. And so then I wanted to see if I could figure it out before you told me, but because there's not a lot of info on him, I think you had to eventually send me a clip or music video or something for me to get it. But I remember this, the first thing I heard about Paul and, and Heather was those influences. Yeah, I think I sent you the music video for the track When You Loved Me, and there's a notably pregnant woman in that song. <laughs> And I put the caveat, so I didn't pick this just because your your wife is pregnant. Yes, and it was so on point for where I'm at right now because that woman looked like she's about as pregnant as my <laughs> wife is, that I actually thought it, there's no way that this lines up that perfectly with this person you picked. So I thought that was like a tangent, like you weren't continuing to give me a clue about who it was. You were just going, oh, and also check this video out of somebody else so right. <laughs> i didn't even put two and two together right away yeah no and i didn't know either i had picked it first and then i watched that video that was the first video that i watched there's another music video out there on the second track that's yeah. pretty good as well but i had picked the album before i watched that music video and then i i saw the pregnant lady and i think there's also uh, a cat that makes an appearance in a few different scenes of that music video and We've talked a lot about your cat, uh, Moonshadow. So <laughs> He's I talked think, oh, a lot to us. It's fitting uh, to pick this music. I don't think I've mentioned yet, but the name Heather was chosen by Paul because he wanted to break away from his name being attached to being a jazz guitarist. So he wanted to do something different. He was watching the movie Heather's with Winona Ryder and decided I'm just going to call myself Heather and sing like a girl. <laughs> and so he, he decided he would pitch up his voice and just create some really fun. Uh, I think he even used the word kind of weird uh, music. Yeah. I think it's pretty cool how, how all this came together and reading interviews uh, from Paul, it, it gives me the impression that Maybe his view on this was that it was kind of a, a silly, fun project, not a tremendous amount of expectation put into it, and that it came together fairly quickly. But uh, I, I think it's 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 really good work, and um, maybe that has something to do with the fact that it it wasn't intended to be super polished or neat and and clean and critiqued and tons of time spent over that it it just flowed out naturally and he accepted what it was and, and put it out there. So I think there's um, a lot of value that, that you get from that. And although you would, you would think you're, you're not maybe trying to make the music as good as it possibly could. That's also what makes it good. All artists work differently. And I think some of them put out great work by being really, really, well, we talked about pet sounds. I mean, being really deliberate about what they're doing. Right, yeah, really cerebral about it. Yeah, and I got the impression from my reading about Paul is that it was less about him thinking, you know, I'll, I'll see if how this goes, and more about him kind of realizing this is, that's how he creates things he liked. I think he said it, the opposite was true for him when he tried to spend more time pouring over it and getting into the weeds. He actually ended up, I think his words were, I ended up hating it. Yeah, yeah, I saw so that. So he just, he liked this better. Yeah. Says that he's inspired by creatives of all sorts not not just musicians but also painters architects directors um, he stated I, I think exposing yourself in any creative field 
takes a lot of bravery and vulnerability. I respect uniqueness and individuality, something I feel can't be taught. I have a lot of creative friends who inspire me deeply, and I feel like I'm still discovering myself musically. So I feel like maybe we've stumbled upon somebody in the beginning stages of their musical career, at least solo career, maybe 10 years down the line, we'll, we'll look back and say, hey, remember when we were one of the first people to stumble upon this guy? Now he's... <laughs> you never know. And it does feel like he's just, just getting started with this. I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, as I mentioned, he had the, had the six-track EP uh, released at the end of 2019, but this kind of feels like his coming out party. It's, it's uh, still on the shorter side, but uh, I feel like it's a complete album. I read that originally it was titled Whoops Demos <laughs> and that it was it was recorded uh, pretty much in one day. Castelluzzo explains that Heather is a compilation of sounds based around my experience with love and loss. Two things that found their solace and expression through the creation of this EP. When asked how Heather has worked as a restorative and healing project for him, he Answered by saying, since my experience with music up until this project had always been to serve other artists, uh, he goes on to say, I, I had never really experienced what it was like to serve myself musically. I found it to be incredibly exciting and therapeutic to start writing and producing for myself. I was super sad when I started uh, these songs, uh, but I didn't want to write sad music. I wanted to echo that nostalgic happiness I felt as a kid. Listening to the Beach Boys and going surfing, having no care in the world about the future or past, just being happy. Uh, that's what I wanted these songs to evoke musically. Heather was a great escape for me to cope with the confusion, existential dilemmas, and questions I had that were eating me up. And in the process, I feel I have grown a lot as an artist and human being. Uh, he, he was further asked, where do you see this project headed? Uh, and that's where I, I mentioned earlier that he... Uh, sarcastically said I'd, I'd like for this project to head toward the beach hmm. uh, but then he went on to say on a, on a more uh, serious level I see Heather touring the world I see Heather making someone happy I see Heather making someone cry I see a lot of things for this project I believe that if you truly love music it will love you back and my main goal is to just brighten people's lives and hopefully give them that tingly feeling you get after hearing a song you really like and uh, I'll have to say that this album definitely did all of that uh, for me. Well, maybe this is a good time to jump into that music. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Let's get right into it. Track one is titled, When You Loved Me. So this is that first song that you sent me that was in music video form with the pregnant woman. I think though that version is the other version, right? The this that one had a little bit more orchestration, and this is the acoustic version yeah, of this yeah, album. Yeah, yeah, right? I think so because this is the one track yeah. that was on that EP that was released in 2019. And that music video isn't that the one that was directed by the same guy that did a Phoebe Bridgers 
music video, I believe. Alex. Yeah, yeah, Alex Lil. Yep, yeah, he Lil, worked yeah. with uh, Phoebe. That I'm pretty, pretty cool. sure that I read that that's his girlfriend in the video. I think I think the the woman in the the video is is Alex's girlfriend. Yeah. I, I read an interview Paul had met him somewhere, I believe in LA, and said something about he was talking to him and he 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 smoked five cigarettes in five minutes and right away Paul knew yeah that's that's my guy I want him to do my video <laughs> yeah <laughs> I like how there's tuning at the beginning that puts you right into that lo-fi bedroom style sound because it, you feel like he's just kind of starting off tuning his guitar and then playing yeah yeah I, I gotta say this acoustic version on this album in my opinion is ten times better than the original that was put out and maybe that's because i heard this acoustic version first and i'm a little partial to it but i just love that stripped down feel the acoustic guitar and there's there's some magical moments i think uh, throughout this song my favorite at the 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 two minute mark where there's that little guitar riff that's uh, really pleasant that's not in the the original uh, because it's it's more amped up and orchestrated as, as you had said so I definitely, that little part's uh, in the I'm middle of the song? One. Yeah, right, right around two minutes. That's right. Did you pick up on that little left channel? You were listening with headphones mostly mm -hmm. when you were doing yeah. this. There's like almost like a tapping sound in the left I'm not sure. Is it like just a, before a, the lyrics a, like start? Like a crackling, distorted. Yeah, like a, almost like a scratching or tapping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I got that. I wasn't sure if that was intentional or just part of the lo-fi experience of like whatever sound might be coming in from the outside. Again, he wanted to just let this go in one take, and that happened to stay in because. It occurred while he was recording, perhaps. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good thought. I'm not sure. It it adds to the 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 feeling of something starting out, crackling, tuning, getting into the album. Somewhere after that first verse two, you start to hear that fluttering synthesizer come in in the background. It's just sort of like a bed of this background synth that it sits on. Otherwise, it's a pretty stripped down song, like you said. But it does have that little bit of synth in the background that is a prelude to a lot more of it coming up. Yeah, the pace picks up throughout the album, through the middle tracks, and then it calms back down. But this is a good, nice, chill opener. Lyrically, it starts to paint the picture of somebody reflecting on a relationship. I, I assume they're on a break or potentially broken up uh, with the lyrics who were you when I loved you? Who was I when you loved me? This idea that people are different when they're together, when they're in a relationship, that they somehow form mutual identity. And then when they go their separate ways, you're kind of left to figure out, well, who, who am I now? Who was I then? Who are you? So even though it's a pretty light, fun song musically, it starts out by touching on what can be a pretty difficult situation for people to experience when 
And I think we've used that word nostalgia a lot, and it feels like a young love to me. I mean, he's a young guy for sure. on top of that, but it feels even younger. I mean, it feels like a high school feeling. Stuff like matching socks and old cartoons puts you in, you know, even junior high mm-hmm. or somebody's yeah. bedroom. And so, you know, we always feel like that at the end of a relationship, but I think even more so when you're younger that... You know, who am I without you in the picture now? Mm-hmm. Like we've got, gotten used to so much of my life has had you in it at this point. Who are you without me? Who am I without you? says I wish those days never changed so clearly he's still wanting potentially to get back together or or longing for the past and we see that come up in some of the the songs ahead as well yeah and we touched on it in the intro talking about I think he said something about jokingly I'll just call myself a girl's name and pitch my vocals up Mm -hmm. you and I were talking about that yesterday or or maybe even earlier today about trying to figure out how how would he do that and i'm still trying to determine how you pitch your voice up you know without making it out of tune to the instrumentation unless you pitch everything up in equal measure so really confuse me if you go up a full octave on everything i mean you can go up equal amount on everything and it'll all be in tune still or you could keep everything the same and go up an octave yourself but it didn't sound like that's what it was to me so i wish i could ask him an interesting choice sometimes people just have a different singing voice you know they have a little bit of a falsetto that's what i thought i just thought he was doing a little bit different sound yeah i mean it's it's certainly plausible that he can hit those high notes and sing that high but there's a lot of manipulating of the voice it sounds at least on on some of the tracks where it sounds distorted at times almost a little too high pitched or a different type of sound to to call it a, a true falsetto but I also read that he, he layers a lot of voices too. So maybe he's singing the part different ways and then tweaking it and layering it together. There's there's even some some songs later we'll talk about. One that I, I know I made a comment on where you clearly hear two voices. One person is in the background almost singing backups. But it, it almost sounds like it's Paul in, in both um, voices. I'm not totally sure if it is or if he's got somebody else in there. But... Definitely does some voice manipulation with the, the vocals. It's pretty cool. I had the same impression. I, I think it's him for both of those as well. This one's got a doubled voice effect, but I think it's just him singing the same thing twice to give it more space. This one I don't think had the you know the different octave or the lower high part. I, th- I think it was just a... a, a, a f- it gives it a, yeah, a, a fuller more full sound. resonating sound. I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to call it airy. Well, I think uh, that's fair, though. Yeah, yeah it kind of has this like yeah. echo airiness to it uh, in a good way. Yeah, you know, like you're like you're in a chamber at times, and there's just sound coming from different places. Yeah, I mean, when it when you're talking about you know a choral voice or something, you want power. But if you're trying to convey feeling, sometimes you want it to be airy and quiet and weaker in parts right yeah a little has a different a little timid feeling yeah, yeah. With, so with uh, yeah, i don't think that's necessarily that not a compliment right well definitely it's a good opening track and i i feel like it almost seamlessly blends into to track two i don't even know if i noticed when the music was changing were you ready to talk about that one 
let's do it. I remember you talking about liking, I think you said your, these are your favorite two, these first two, and yeah, that, yep. that blend from one to the next. This next one's called Twinkle. another fun song i think if i had to pick of the eight tracks this is my favorite although it's hard for me to separate it from track one because every time i listen to it i feel like one blends into this song and to me the album doesn't switch gears until the third track musically i feel like i'm in the same headspace and i'm i'm feeling the vibe i'm not appreciating any break in the action to me one and two for some reason gave me that feeling that it's all like one song or experience so the two of them are my favorite and like i said i'm glad they were the first two tracks of the album because they drew me in right away and i remember thinking okay if the other six tracks are anywhere close to as good as these two or there's one more great song then i got my pick you know where as i had listened to some other albums and if i wasn't feeling it by the third track i would move on to the next because trying to pick an album for 2021 in the first three weeks of the year there's not many to choose from and i'm not going to take the time to listen to every single album from cover to cover and then make my decision whether it's worthy of being on our podcast yeah but since this one grabbed me right away it made it easy to continue to, to give it a chance and it, it impressed me all the way uh to the end so i'm glad that was my experience because i ended up picking a great album this is a good one. This one's high on my list, too. I think it's probably not number one and probably not number two, but it, it may be fighting for that second spot in terms of my favorite. I think the sound and the lyrics to this one was one of my favorites. The line that stands out from this one is, tortured by echoes of wondering, it's blaring but making no sound. Yeah, kind of an abstract idea. What was your interpretation of that? Well, you know, the first song was talking about who am I without you, essentially. And then this one starts off saying I'd do it all again. So it's like he's pining for missing that relationship. And then um, once it gets to that second verse where it says tortured by echoes of wondering, it's like maybe something bouncing around in his head as an echo would. And that's a quiet contemplative thing you do on your own but when you're going through it it's blaring so it's blaring but making no sound i think was a mm -hmm. cool yeah. way of articulating that yeah yeah i like that so nobody else knows what's going on because there's no outward projection of sound but inside your head it's it's blaring it's loud it's chaotic there's a lot of thoughts going on Right, and the next line of the chorus starts off, I'm doing my best with a smile on my face. So it's like it's all happening internally for him. Yeah, and making a conscious effort to not 
show that there's turmoil and struggle going on inside. I like that that line too. I'm doing my best with a smile on my face. I'm pouring out my chest, babe, waiting, and I see the twinkle in your eye. So I I envisioned somebody begging for somebody to rekindle the flame, give it another chance, and and that somebody not really being on the same level, but the other person sees the twinkle in their eye, and that kind of gives them hope to keep maybe pursuing this and seeing if there's something alive there. Yeah, because it says waiting before that twinkle in their eyes. Right, yeah, yeah. It's like he's waiting, thinking he might again. Yeah, exactly. And then for the the song to start out saying, I'm foolish for loving you, but I I do it all again. Or I think I got that backwards. I I do it all again. I'm foolish for loving you. Uh, To me, that speaks to the, the difficulty in trying to sort through one's feelings after the fact. It's easy to look back and say, how foolish of I to love you because things didn't work out, but then also to have the presence of mind to say, well, I know I would do it all over again because I enjoyed it. And at the time I thought uh, that's what, what's right. So to me, that kind of speaks to this idea that you have to live in the moment and do what you feel is right. And with that comes accepting the outcomes. It doesn't really do any good to look back after the fact and question why you did what you did and the irony is that that is probably more foolish than than thinking you were foolish for for making those decisions at the time because you only have the information uh, that you do and it's not really fair to reflect on something once you've gained uh, more insight to to the outcome and uh, try to question who you were thinking and call yourself a fool I mean that the whole idea of doing that is kind of foolish. This is another really good example of where the lyrics and the sounds really go together too because there's a mm-hmm. lot of twinkling guitar sounds. Yeah. background production in general on this one again I know it was lo-fi and and not a lot of extra work done there's a lot of echoing in the back the editing but there's a lot of echoing much like that word Mm -hmm. tortured by the echoes right yeah yeah. there's some cool sounds in the background and I feel like this one uh, would take me straight to the beach as Paul mentioned in that interview it's got a really chill vibe to it I like how he trades lines on the back to having more than one voice, I think it's him, but, you know, with hands on your waist, the feeling okay line kind of jumps in right before he finishes the word waist, so it's not like one line that he's singing, it's like one voice says, hands on your waist, and then the other voice comes in and says, feeling okay, right after that. Yeah, that that almost adds to the effect of having a lot going on in your head, all the all the noise it's blaring there's a lot of a lot of voices a lot of echoes and different ideas and thoughts uh, rolling around the music um, plays into that too well should we go on to the title track yeah from here the pace picks up a little bit track three is the title track of the album this one is sticky thumb
title track starts off with a scream in the background. Yeah, that was cool. You, you think that's Paul or somebody else, or maybe? I assume it is. Yeah, I, again, I think, so. I think he did just about everything he could himself, if not everything, on this. That's not an easy thing to do. Like I was just thinking, if if that is Paul Castelluzzo, I don't know if I could replicate that. It's a talent in and of itself. I don't know what to think of the words on this one. We were trying to Me figure neither. out I have no idea. what the song was about or because it's the title track, what Sticky Thumb means. Added to that, it, we mentioned it's hard to find a lot of info out there. Oftentimes you can find sites that have the lyrics. One of the most common places we go is Lyric Genius as a site. And there's a lot of just question marks on this song mm -hmm. where whoever wrote it up didn't know what he was saying. Right. I actually reached out to Paul. He was nice enough to respond on Instagram. And I said, hey, Paul, I have a podcast. We're doing your album. Can you help me out with these lyrics? And I wasn't expecting him to respond, but he did. And so I actually have the lyrics here. It says, evil SOS them all. Pick and choose the friends you call. hands will never tell sticky thumb you wear me well that's the first line not sure except i know sos is probably save our ship yeah save our ship what save our souls save our souls it's a common you know, distress code that actually yeah. doesn't stand for anything but a lot of people put in words like that because that's essentially what they're saying save us mm -hmm. not really sure my Mindset up to this point is thinking about somebody in a relationship based on the first two tracks, and I'm not sure how these lyrics could apply. Maybe they don't. The only thing I could get out of this one, so the second verse that they also got wrong on the website that Paul was nice enough to fill me on, it says, Sil Silken sheets arrest the bed. Trees lay sap inside my head. Sunken neck with fangs galore. Sticky thumb lay on the floor. So just the reference to sheets and, and the neck and laying on the floor, it again made me think of you know young love, like two people in, the, in their bedroom messing around. But it was just more of a feeling I got than anything else. Yeah, I, I thought about that too with the line, sunken neck with fangs galore. A really hot makeout session going at it right and um the line trees lay sap inside my head that that made me think about thoughts being jumbled up or kind of sticky i thought that was a cool metaphor or a visualization for you know just having sap from the tree dripping into your your head that feeling when you get tree sap on your fingers and you're like trying to pull it off and it's stuck and it's just kind of a mess so the idea of that being inside your head. The chorus is pretty straightforward. I'm falling away with you, my dear. I really like the the change of pace, the contrast from the the fast, upbeat verses and that really slow, mellow chorus where the music almost feels like someone falling, spiraling down into this black hole or some type of time warp or something.
then uh, at the end of the song, there's another scream. Did you catch that? No, I didn't catch that. It's really faint, but it, it's it's in the background, and you can hear similar sound, similar pitch to the scream at the beginning of the song. So I got this impression that when the song starts, that person or whatever idea that that represents is right there. It's in your face because the scream is loud and it's bold. And then the chorus keeps saying, I'm falling, I'm falling, I'm falling. And then by the end, the scream almost sounds like it's fading away, like somebody falling down a hole or um, you know, just swiftly moving away from you while they're screaming and the voice is just fading and slowly getting weaker and weaker. Yeah, you have to go back and check that out. That's a cool thought. I'll have to go back and listen for that. You should ask Paul for the meaning. I know. It's funny how I stopped after the words. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The the most difficult song to decipher on the album. I think that I was just like really grateful that he responded at all. And then to follow up with... And what does that mean? Yeah, right. kind of, yeah, kind of yeah. like, yeah. Now can, yeah. Now can you decode that and <laughs> explain in layman's terms what the heck you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For us peasants, <laughs> simple-minded folk. I think I also thought here. like, okay, cool. I'll sit on that and I'll <laughs> figure it out for myself instead of making him do it. And then yeah, I, just I never mean, did we've talked it about out. it before. That's that's part of the fun of of abstract lyrics. We uh, we talked about that a lot with how it feels to be something on the Sunny Day Real Estate album. And we were even fortunate enough to speak with a producer and and drummer who obviously had insight, and they didn't have an explanation for a lot of it either. So I think it would be a, a fallacy for us to, to think that there's always a literal context every lyric and that the artists have something meaningful to say or an explanation that they're they're keeping us guessing. Maybe maybe that's the whole point, and that's kind of the fun of being a being a listener and and uh, getting to to figure that out. And maybe we're way off. Maybe it's something totally different than what the artist had intended. But maybe that's also what they intended. Yeah, sometimes that's that's okay. But nonetheless, a pretty cool song. Want to go on to track four? Yeah. All right. Track four is called Sex Wax. Got a taste of the So we transition to another lighthearted, upbeat, uh, fun song. This one has that beach vibe again, which is fitting with the title of the song. Uh, f- for those of you with, with your head in the gutter thinking this is about something else, it's <laughs> probably referring to the popular wax, the brand Sex Wax that people put on their surfboards. And this fits in with what we've read about Paul wanting to reflect on his childhood, which sounds like it involves some surfing. I got a taste of it last springtime. Ditching class is all we'd ever do. So I figured that had to do with skipping school, probably to go surfing. And there's the line that says the scent of sex wax melting on my faded canvas laced up blues. That uh, painted a picture... Uh, in my head of somebody carrying their surfboard 
either to the beach or maybe away from the beach after finishing with that activity and headed home for the day and, and maybe just a hot summer day and the wax dripping off onto their canvas shoes. Yeah, you're making me laugh in your lead, lead in just now because I was the guy with my head in the gutter. But in all fairness, I'm from Seattle. It's way Not too damn surfing. cold to surf there. <laughs> yeah. And we just got off of a song that I thought was a little bit more like a makeout session in a bedroom. So I thought we were going to that. So I had well, maybe to, it's a double meaning. Maybe it could uh, be a double meaning. Yeah, maybe this, be a double this, the lyrics referring to surfing is kind of a cover-up. I had to dive into the product placement on both the sex wax and the faded canvas laced-up blues. I didn't realize those were shoes either. So once once I looked those two things up, I was in the same place, skipping class and running with the surfboard to the beach. But it took me a little longer than you, I think. You knew what both of those were before? Uh, Come no. on, Iowa boy. You no. didn't know them either. No. <laughs> I knew I knew the 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 faded canvas shoes. I was I was picturing the the shoes that skateboarders often wear. I assume the surf culture. I mean, you don't wear shoes on the beach, but that vibe, the canvas shoes. I got that one, but no, I I didn't know about the sex wax either. And my my head might have been in a different place as well with the the theme of the first few songs and the title of the album. I wasn't really sure what all that was referring to, but I think it's about surfing. All right. I think it's I a peachy song so about now. skipping class as a 16-year-old and going surfing. I nothing think, more, nothing I less. I think that's correct <laughs> at this point, but it took me a while. Yeah. My favorite line is, sounds like a 16-year-old wrote it, and that's what I like about it. It says, someone ripped my brain out except the part that thinks of you. Yeah, I wrote that down too. It's eye-rolling except for the fact that it's written from the perspective of a 16, or, you know, a young kid's yeah, in class, right, yeah. which means it's perfect. That's, that's why I liked it. I think it's an incredible way of describing someone who has a, a one-track mind that maybe is fixated on one person or something or an idea and feeling like there's really nothing else in there because that thing or idea or person is taking up all of the space everything else has been ripped out so i think i think it's pretty cool yeah it's a fun metaphor we see a lot of that throughout this album there's really good word choice and imagery and visualization that's that's painted by by some of the words that really fit in well with with the music. I know we we mentioned that uh, in the interviews we've read from Paul, it's given the impression that this was kind of just thrown together. But to me, it, it feels like there's a lot of thought. very catchy chorus on this song i'm just some boy you're missing not just any boy you're kissing i'm just some toy you're calling not just any boy you're tossing i'm just some boy you're killing you're killing me yeah it's very repetitious and yeah easy to you know sing along 
and it makes it feel like, at least from the vision of the protagonist, that he feels like he's putting in all the effort mm-hmm. and she's kind of playing with his emotions. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And knowing that he's from San Diego gave this a personal touch to it, too. It didn't just, you, you, you think of him being mm-hmm. out there in the San Diego surf. Yeah, definitely. Did you ever have a pair of canvas shoes? Did you have like some um, Converse or no, Vans or something like that? I don't think that was really popular with the crowd of people I hung out with growing up. That was um, something you would see in the, the skater crowd. You know, they'd wear their Chuck Taylors or the Vans. All the cool kids in Iowa were wearing like... I don't know, probably Air Jordans. All right. Or Nikes. <laughs> I had a... I never surfed being... Washington boy, but I did have a skater phase, and I I definitely had some. Did you? Airwalk shoes. Oh, I remember I those. I don't know if they yeah. were. Those weren't canvas though. I I don't know if I ever had any canvas. I remember Airwalks vans, but I had some Airwalks and some vans. Did you have any of the shoes with the the wheels that popped down and turned into skates? No. Don't lie. Don't lie. <laughs> I no, I didn't, and I I'm not lying because I really did, wanted some. You wish you did. You I wished I did them. so bad. So get them for you. The the light up shoes and the wheels on the back of the shoes were like one each of those were like one year too late. Oh, and I was I was looking at them and being like, You're I want to wear them, now. and I'm not allowed to because I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be too cool for them. But I had the light up shoes. I definitely and, want some light up and shoes. the pumps. You know where you pump, I had pumps. You pumped the the tongue. I had pumps. I never had the skater shoes though. Yeah, I think I I think I got on a skateboard once or twice, but. I wasn't very graceful. It kind of scared me, like it was just gonna fly a, out and it break my arm or something. I had a big, big phase of skater for a while. That was that was all I was doing. Nice, Jinko jeans, <laughs> Airwalks shoes, and the Fubu jersey, and the Fubu jersey. <laughs> all right, we digress. Let's move on. All right, you want to move on to track five? Yeah, let's do it. This is a sweet song. I like this one. All right. Track five is called Morning Bells. This is also the midpoint of the album, so let's flip over the record and listen to side B. Charlie crazy, but you feed me well. Like a mother with a son. Would I ever stand a chance in hell? Without the one I call the one. This is the first song that I felt really had a 60s vibe to it. Did you get that? Yeah, actually, now that you say it, I don't know that I was thinking 60s when I heard it, but I can definitely hear it now. It's the one that sounded the most kind of like like an indie so- yeah, song sure, yeah, in some yeah, way. Yeah. Um, so I was hearing some of that, but I could hear some of the throwback 60s to this one too. Yeah, like a nice 60s ballad uh, kind of s- stripped down. And something about the the voice, I think you, you mentioned uh, there's some some double overs and it had this different sound about it. It was a, a change of pace from the way he was singing in the first four tracks. Yeah, it's got two voices, and then this time, I still think it's him doing both of them, but this time he does sing at different pitches. Mm -hmm. So he kind of harmonizes with himself in a couple lines. Mm 
this twangy guitar part around the one minute mark uh, you mentioned that it's pr- probably my favorite um, part of the song yes yeah. I, I wrote rubber band sounding yeah to that one yeah, yeah. like it sounds yeah. like like noodling or like like stretchy is is the mm-hmm. visual i get with those guitar parts yeah that was really cool Lyrically, I was a little confused. I want to get your your take on this part. It said, you drive me crazy, but you feed me well. Like a mother with her son, would I ever stand a chance in hell? And then it goes on to say, ooh, my love. So you get the the feeling that he's talking to his lover, but at the same time, referring to her like a, like a mother with her son. I just thought that was kind of a strange comparison wasn't sure the significance of of throwing that in there i also had a question mark on that line i, I said it you know it sounds romantic but the as a whole this song but like a mother with her son mm-hmm. it makes sense as an analogy but it adds sort of a strangeness to it and maybe that's what the point was it's like it fits with the analogy of like you drive me crazy but you feed me well it's like you kind of need that person but you they also are you know driving you nuts mm-hmm. so as an analogy i could see that relating to a romantic relationship but it also gives just sort of like a creepy feeling to it yeah that's that's what i that's what i was thinking too unless it was some sort of like freudian type relationship where you know you're like a a motherly figure to her son and that somehow is wrapped up with my feelings for you like on some subconscious level yeah, maybe, or or maybe it's just it's a coherent message within the message of this song, but it just makes you a little uneasy. Yeah, it threw me for a loop. Uh, another connection, and I'm not sure if this was chance or intended, but there's the line, "Would I ever stand a chance in hell?" And then a little bit later in the song, "Would you stay if I played the morning bell like the churchgoers?" So to use the word choice, hell, and then talk about the churchgoers, if there was some some significance of throwing those religious contexts uh, into that song, or if it was just kind of something that flowed well with the lyrics and isn't supposed to mean anything. I wasn't sure with that either. There's a lot of lines, though, that make it sound like this is just too early. You know, the churchgoers get up early. Mm-hmm. It says, you hate the mornings, but you love the sun. There's another line later that says, 8 a.m. is just too soon. Somebody leaving to go to church and he's wanting them to stay back with him. Like if I played the morning bells and that was kind of like, what you're going to hear when you go to church, would you stay here with me instead? <laughs> I guess it sounded to me like somebody that was leaving in the morning, like a, you know, like a flower on mm-hmm. the run. It's got a very innocent sound to it mm-hmm. as a whole. Did you notice how the song just ends at the end? Like kind of yeah, abruptly, just kind of an abrupt. End. Yeah, it's like you're yeah. you're anticipating it's going to trail trail off with this pleasant, you know, light sound, 
and I, I found I found myself enjoying that like oh this is kind of cool and then all of a sudden done it just stopped it went dead silent I'm like whoa mm-hmm. did I not get the full song did it skip or something and then it just transitioned into the next song So that was yeah. weird. It was almost like a like an unfinished song where okay, I guess we can't add to it. Let's just stop. Let's just cut it off. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. Uh no normally songs fade out, right? Like yeah, they fade bit. out or they or they wrap up. It's one or the other. It's that's a common thing where it's it's like, okay, this one has a clear ending or this one mm-hmm. doesn't. So what I'll do is I'll fade this one out because I don't have a clear right. stop. Yeah. And this one literally just goes, well, I'm done. So yep. that's the end. Yeah. And it's <laughs> not even like a hard note or beat or something where it's the stamp on the end of a song. It, it just, no, it was in the middle of something that sounded yeah. like it should keep going. And then it just didn't. So kind of cool. Just another fun little musical part of the album that just, just gives you uh, an experience that's not boring. You know, it's just kind of cool that it's different like that. This was my favorite one. Uh, that quote you read from him at the beginning that says, "If I can give a listener that tingly feeling or something like that." Yeah, uh huh. That's yeah. this is the tingly song for me. Yeah. I, I don't really know what it's about. This one gotcha, huh? <laughs> I just like the sounds. I liked a lot of them, and yeah. I wouldn't say there's a shortage of tingle tingling feelings on this album, but this one did it to me the most. Something about it. This almost feel, feels like the ballad if we had to. Pick yeah, it's, one it's placed well for something yeah. like that. Well, let's just move on. Yep. We'll stop abruptly as yep. well. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I'm glad you caught that. Track six is titled Oiter. Did I say that right? I think we're going to have a theme here of we're not entirely sure what every song is about, but I think this is probably the one that has the catchiest chorus Mm -hmm. to me this is the one after i got off my bart ride like i was talking about sounds like a radio hit i'd finish the album in full and this was the part the you know the slow down wait a minute baby Mm -hmm. that sounded like uh something that would get stuck in my head the rest of the day too has a has another beach vibe i think it's really chill i like the the distorted voice it kind of sounds like it's from a distance a little bit pretty cool it reminded me of a little bit of that song by uh foster the people pumped up kicks you remember that one from back in the day oh yeah yeah for some some reason the music just made me think of that one i hadn't heard that song in years i I could see that i could see that what'd you make of the lyrics how do you slow someone down like a broken radio station? Does that paint any picture for you? All I can think of is the station not coming in clear, that it's, it's breaking up you know, when you don't have yeah. a, a, a full signal. Yeah, it's got to be something like that because, mm-hmm. again, it's talking about like having trouble with the relationship. You're, you're driving me crazy. You know, Give me a second. You're so good at leaving. Those are some of the words in this song. Mm-hmm. So like not you're not coming through, whether it's him or the other person that isn't coming through in the sure, yeah. relationship like a broken radio station like 
highlighted some other lyrics. You can call it what you want, babe. I hope you follow. Fall out of bed and get your head right and see through the blue. I was wondering if that was like somebody feeling blue, being under the weather or down. Uh, and I also picked up, there's that reoccurring color theme uh, from a previous song when he talks about the blue canvas shoes. Wasn't sure if that was by choice or if I'm just picking up on something that didn't really have much significance. But then it goes on to say, by the way, you get everything. And then probably the most confusing lyrics, he talks about, there's the mother-son reference again, her her mother's yeah. son in front of you. So I guess that's transitioning from the morning bells. I'm not really sure. And then the line, um, pull the gun just to walk away. I really didn't know what to make of that either. So overall, I, f- I felt like these lyrics were a little more on the undecipherable or not super clear side of things. The only other little interesting piece that I looked up, and this could be me diving way too deep here, but I was trying to figure out what Oidar is. And so I was Googling that. The only thing that came up was an acronym for Online Information Database Access and Retrieval Services. To summarize, it's basically, these are basically things that like happen on their own. Like if you were to download an ebook for payments or get a receipt for like online gaming or something like that, that would be processed by something called OIDAR or this online Hmm. database retrieval. So trying to apply that, I thought maybe he's trying to make a reference like this relationship is on autopilot for mm-hmm. her like there's not a lot of thought in the processing at this point yeah certainly could be and a very like consumerism type of a way mm-hmm. as well but yeah. that could be completely out of left field we need to get paul on here to answer some That's of these right. questions <laughs> yeah, it was it was a fun song I, I like it it's up there i don't know if there's a song on this album that i would kind of toss out and say yeah you know it didn't do much for me they they all were pretty darn good i mentioned i think the first two tracks are my favorites but this one is up there morning morning bells is up there sex wax and sticky thumb that we talked about are fun songs too and even the last couple tracks we'll get into are are, are different in their own right and uh enjoyable for other reasons so you know all these were, were pretty fun listens yeah i agree should we move on to the next song yeah yeah let's check out track seven this one's titled hybrid song is originally by the band the misfits the lyrics are the same but the title is called hybrid moments as opposed to just hybrid and it's spelled as you'd expect hybrid to be spelled h-y-b-r-i-d versus paul's spelling of h-i-g-h-b-r-i-d i don't know that song very well or i didn't before discovering that it's a misfits song i was fortunate enough to discover it and accidentally had a buddy that was around for dinner and playing this song in the background heather version and he was like oh i know this song 
And I was like trying to call his bluff saying, I don't think you do this. This band's only existed for like a week, man. There's, I doubt you've heard this. He's like, yeah, no, this <laughs> the album, I've the been listening been to this song. Longer, but... Yeah. This album's yeah, only been album around for, released, yeah. for a little while, but he said, no, I've been listening to this song forever. This is a misfit song. And I had to look it up, and sure enough, he's right, word for word, this is that song. That's cool. I, I did not know that either. You played that Misfits uh, version for me the other day, and very contrasting in sound and, and music to uh, Paul's version of it. I wonder what, what inspired him to put this on the album. If that's one of his favorite bands, or was just listening to it and, and thought that it fit well, or maybe, maybe he was uh, listening to a lot of Misfits at the time he was writing these songs and just decided to do a cover. Yeah, I'd like to ask him. It's not really what you'd expect somebody to stumble upon that's twenty five, twenty six years old, because I I think this. Misfits version came out in 1985, I think. Mm. So it's kind of like no man's wow. land for him in terms of like his discovery or you know big big sibling or parent or something mm-hmm. like that that might share it with you. It's kind of like right in between. So I, yeah. I was surprised that there was a Misfits song on this album. I got a little bit of a 60s vibe again on this song uh, for some reason. And uh, I thought that was pretty cool. For Paul's version. Yeah, yeah, not not the Misfits version, but yeah, the way Paul was was singing yeah. a similar feel as that um, previous song that I mentioned gave me that vibe too, and I lo- thought that was cool. What do you think a hybrid moment is? I don't know. I, I've stewed on that for a while. I like the the lyrics in hybrid moments give me a moment. And that's the only place I could find meaning in that. I thought possibly in moments that you share together, uh, hybrid moments, maybe even take that a step further, high moments. The way he spells it. The way he yeah. spells it on his album. Oh, uh, yeah. So a high moment with somebody that's shared together that feels connected. There's, it's a hybrid moment. It's not yours. It's not hers or his or theirs or whatever. It's this moment that you share together. Uh, give me a moment. And then in that case, a moment being uh, a moment of time to reflect on my, my own thoughts or, or gather myself, step away from this hybrid, this unity, and uh, you know, be with myself for a minute. Okay, yeah, you're making me think about it a little bit differently now. So I was thinking hybrid, like a hybrid is something that's a little bit of A, a little bit of B, right? Like if you yeah. have a hybrid car, it's going to have, have uh-huh. some electrical, some gas, or right. a hybrid bike is going to be somewhere between a road bike and a mountain bike. Okay, yeah, yeah. So like maybe it's like where your thoughts are in between. Like you might, you're not sure how you feel. So give me mm-hmm. a second. Give me a moment to contemplate that. And then the high part for... You know, Paul's only real imprint on this song is spelling that word differently. So it could be like somebody that's high mm, in terms yeah. of happy or, or under the influence. And it's like their head's in two different places at once. So just give me give me a minute to process what's happening. I'll have to go back and listen, thinking along those lines too. Now that you mention it, a, a hybrid 
is usually something better or there's kind of that idea that it's something better it's a blend of two good things oftentimes a hybrid car has the ability to use gas or hydrogen to power it there's hybrid fruits and it's usually something exotic it's you know we take blackberry and a and a raspberry and we make a, a marionberry you ever had a marionberry that's a hybrid of a blackberry and some other type of berry i think it's a raspberry or something and they're they're super good and kind of exotic like it's more than the basic it's more than something well known or standard so in that case mm -hmm. a hybrid moment could be an elevated moment that's like a combination of a lot of different thoughts or feelings or people or ideas or whatever uh and then needing to take a moment potentially still needing some time to step away from that that high and kind of reflect on what all that means all that stuff blended together i like it that's a good take did you hear the the yeah at about the 130 mark yes and i think that's something also that was unique to paul i don't think that version existed on the on the misfits version from yeah. 1985 yeah it's fun that was thrown in there I, I should go back and and uh compare the the heather version to the misfits and see if there's any other subtle differences yeah i really really like how heather's version ends with that that bass guitar that's the case in the misfit song because there's a little more upbeat fast-paced yeah i'd have to go back and listen for that i can't remember either interesting choice both from a time frame standpoint like i said i feel like 1985 is kind of no man's land for hmm. him it's like what like 10 years before he was born or but also the sound of it like the speed you know he didn't pick another slower like you said 60s type of vibe sound mm-hmm of a song to cover and make it sound similar. It's, I mean, he completely changed it. Yeah, definitely. Well, should we go on to the last track? Yeah, we're down to one final track. Track eight is called Feel Again. album with a little slower track um nice tempo to it it's a fun fun song uh lyrically a little abstract again as we've seen a uh, theme throughout this album with a few of the other songs this is the one that read the most like poetry to me yeah short lines yeah, I can see that yep that tie together it i could see this in a poetry book or something just mm -hmm. the way it's written out I was intrigued by the chorus, the I'll never feel it again. I wasn't sure whether to interpret that as a positive or a negative when he says I'll never feel it again. And I thought that's really important probably because that's the crux of how the song is supposed to sound and it's the name of the song. I was really trying to discern if I thought that was a positive or a negative and it finishes the album so 
I wanted I wanted to know what your take was. Did you think this ended on a happy note or not? No, I looked at it more from a, a negative standpoint because the album opens with somebody who literally says that they still want to be with somebody else. So there's a a longing for the love that was had. Uh, there's a feeling of of loss, and then at the end to say I'll never feel it again. I I assume it's somebody thinking they're never going to have what they had that's that's gone maybe it's this realization that i'm moving on and the pessimistic attitude that nobody else is ever going to come along they're never going to feel that kind of love or happiness or joy that they had when when they were in it when they were you know in the the high points of of that the relationship But there, there is another line that I highlighted as maybe some sense of hope that the album ends with, and that's the part that says, Mark the date, tis the season, disarray, light the fuse, hijack the rockets, and ready the tools. So disarray, acknowledging that things are still disorganized. Maybe that's the thoughts in the head or the place that person is at in their life. Maybe things don't make sense yet. But uh, get the tools ready light the fuse, hijack the rockets. There's this maybe silver lining that we're getting things ready. We're preparing for a takeoff and maybe there is hope that we're going to move higher once again. Maybe uh, we're ending on a high note, literally. <laughs> that was making me feel like it was 4th of July. Oh, okay. Mark the sure, date, yeah. tis the season, and then light yeah. the fuse. And and so I was thinking, okay, maybe it's like... Get the fireworks ready. An ending to this, like kind of some hope for the future or something. Sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. But you're right. The first line reminded me. It made me think of like him thinking of it from the you know female point of view. Wipe, wipe the makeup from your eyes. So maybe after breakup, he's talked about how he's felt. So maybe thinking about how she might okay, feel. Okay, yeah. Somebody runs in and, you know, the parents are like, what's wrong, honey? And she just kind of runs and lies. Oh, everything's fine. Wipes the makeup from her eyes. And then she goes up and hide behind your stereo. I thought maybe it was just like, put your music on. I'm probably mm -hmm. thinking of what I would do. Get lost in the in music. Yeah, I was thinking that's us. Situation. That's what we do sometimes. Yeah, yeah. put my headphones <laughs> that's our on. Escape. Hide behind my stereo. <laughs> right. I've definitely hid behind my stereo when Yours I was Yours is upset. big enough. You could literally hide behind that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could actually get behind there. Nobody could find <laughs> yeah. me for a week. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about that. That's pretty cool to think that maybe the, the narrator is referring to himself, assuming it's uh, a man. I know we've we've been talking about these songs as if it's Paul, the lead singer, reflecting on personal experiences. But as we've mentioned before, that's not always the case. Sometimes the artist is maybe using some things in their life, some stories from others, and uh, telling a story. So it could be anybody. But let's assume the, the author, the narrator of this song is a man and probably somebody who's not wearing 
makeup, the idea of wiping the makeup uh, from your eyes. If it's actually his eyes that are crying, then kind of thinking about the female perspective applied to to him, if if that's what you were saying, or maybe maybe it is somebody thinking that the the ex girlfriend is probably crying some too. Because I looked at it as him giving advice to somebody else, wipe the makeup from your eyes. But maybe maybe he's talking to himself. He's in his head saying, you know, wipe the tears away. Because the rest of the album feels like uh, a male figure who's upset. Uh, or I mean, I guess we're just implying that it that it's a male because we we assume it's autobiographical but that person is upset throughout the album or the one that's having a hard time with the breakup is kind of the perspective that we're getting so maybe wipe the makeup from your eyes is this person him talking to himself and then uh it follows up shortly after say hello to the strangers at your door I wrote down that maybe that is a silver lining or some ode to moving on and starting over that there's some hope in that too meeting new people Mm -hmm. and just the idea that you know you can wipe your tears and move on it almost could be a, a concept album and maybe if we had some details on a few of those songs that had some abstract lyrics that would fill in some of the pieces but certainly this does feel like it gives some sense of closure to the album I was just noticing rereading them too. It, the verses and the chorus are in different persons, so all of the verses are, are like, is that second person versus uh, mm, mm-hmm. the chorus being first person. I'll never feel it again, and it goes to like talking about you, you know, right? Yeah. Wipe makeup from your eyes, hide behind your stereo, and then he says, "I'll never feel it again." Yeah, maybe he's talking to himself inside his head from the perspective of different voices or different thoughts, or possibly there is somebody else involved in this equation where he's giving some advice or speaking to somebody. And perhaps we didn't pick up on some of the the underlying meaning of the lyrics and some of those songs that were a little more abstract and potentially that fills in the, the pieces that are missing, or maybe the album leaves that, open-ended that's up for you to sort through and and uh tell it how you want gives you the creative ability to make it what you want it to be you know whatever is speaking to you yeah i think that's well said and then i I think just in a nutshell that's what this album is supposed to be and and what it was for him when he was creating it based on what i read about it i think he his whole thing was just wanting to have an honest creation and just almost discover what he was making while he was making it, figuring out what was inside of him as it was coming out. So I think that's uh, a good way to sum up what it was like as a listener and sounds like what it might have been like as a creator too. I I wonder if he finished these songs and then sat there and tried to interpret what he was talking about. And it'd be interesting to see what he got out of it and some of it maybe just a feeling. And I think the feeling is very much clear, even if the words aren't. I think nostalgia was feeling, uh, we've been saying that word over and over again as we've been listening. Apparently it popped up in his description of it. I'm glad that you found that because that fit with how I felt. So I think it's it's cohesive and uh, coherent in that sense, even if we're not super clear on what all the words are, are trying to say. 
Yeah, yeah. Very well said. I, I don't know if I could say it much better than that. Musically, it does feel very cohesive. The sounds fit together well. There's there's good contrast, but still a nice blend. And it takes you for a ride as a listener. If you're not tuning into the lyrics, you're not paying attention, and it's just noise or sound, it's it's pleasant and enjoyable. This is probably one of those albums that I'll, I'll file away with albums like Glass Animals, Dreamland, uh, that, w- that we discovered last year and talked about. It's just something fun that you know, when I just want to get into the music and be uplifted and feel, feel positive and happy and put a smile on my face, um, it'll be one that I'll, I'll, I'll come back to for sure. Yeah. Dreamlike is another word that came sure, yeah. to mind yeah, um, in, in discussing yeah. you know, Dreamland. Mm-hmm. Even the album, not the art so much, but like the colors on the front of that album in yeah. this one, it's like kind of like trippy. pastel-y <laughs> pinks and greens and blues right. and stuff. Yeah. Made me, made me think of that. I read a comment on one of the music videos or something where a fan wrote in and said, I love this album. It makes me feel like I'm swimming in jello. <laughs> and before cool. listening to this, if I would have read that, I would have been like, What does it yeah. mean to feel <laughs> like you're swimming in jello? And then I think if you listen, you know, if you're just listening to the clips we're putting in here and listening to our podcast and haven't heard this album, like we said, it's like 30 something minutes. It's totally worth just putting it on listen to it from front to back oh tell yeah, me it doesn't probably. feel like you're swimming in jello because i think that's a perfect description definitely yeah yeah and i i think like like every good album you really need to listen to it start to finish you can't just sample a few clips of it or pick and choose songs i don't even know which songs i would tell people to listen to just wait until you have 30 minutes and listen to the whole thing don't just listen to the top track i mean i'm sure if you if you listen to or watched the the music video for the most popular tracks, the first two, then you would probably be intrigued enough to go listen to the full album, but just do it. It's a really cool album, you know, if you're just somebody wanting to enjoy the music and sound, or you wanna dive a little deeper, like we've done on, on this podcast, sit down, listen to it with headphones and lyrics in front of you, and try to, try to sort through uh, some of the underlying themes and maybe decipher some of the lyrics that that we struggled with and and uh get wrapped up in the album a little bit more and appreciate it for for more than the sound because lyrically it's it's definitely a a good one um as well i'm I'm glad i stumbled upon this and I'm, i'm excited to to follow heather going forward here you know we talked about how this was initially titled whoops demos as if it was just kind of an afterthought or whoops i made this music let me let me just put it together and we'll we'll call it a sample or demo tape or whatever mixtape just to put my my sound out there and give people a taste of what heather is all about but i think it stands alone as a, a good album but i'm i'm excited to to see what what paul throws together next maybe he's got some other songs uh backlogged and hopefully working on some new music and maybe uh, eventually planning on releasing a uh, a full length and uh, obviously he has a lot of talent I assume a multi-instrumentalist and very keyed into the electronic music world and production side of that modern aspect of creating and uh, making things sound cool so I think the the sky is the limit uh, for this project and I'm glad we're we're a part of the the journey now. 
Me too, and I might have to reach back out to that guy and see if he can tell me what some of these are about now that we've yeah, had time to try to dissect great. them. Maybe we once can even I, get him on the show. Once I release the episode, I'll throw it out there and be like, all right, Paul, tell us what we screwed up here. Yeah, we need your help. <laughs> yep, but it was fun. Well, on that note, I think we can call it a wrap. All right. Well, I'm glad we got our first 2021 album out of the way. Next one will be going back a ways. But until next time, go listen to a great album. Peace, love, sex, wax. (laughs) If you're enjoying listening to Album Divers, you can support our podcast by subscribing, reviewing, and sharing it with someone else that appreciates great music. Follow and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Album Divers. We'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback about our take on an album that you already loved or had never heard before. Do you have an album you want us to dive into? Email us at albumdiverspodcast at gmail.com and we'll consider adding it to our queue for a future episode. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you never stop discovering music that moves you to dive deeper. Until next time. <laughs>